Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosort, as always, with my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 147 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 36 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. And we, we essentially had our final week of regular season college football going into championship week and this weekend. So uh, it, it was a good rivalry week. It was, it was some good football, some good evaluation, I felt like, for the draft for sure. Yeah, definitely. I watched uh, three of those rivalry games uh, myself, and uh, one of them was really good. But <laughs> well, <laughs> for you, we'll, it was. Yeah. We, we will definitely discuss that in earnest here uh, in just a second. But uh, we encourage anybody who is watching us live in the chat, uh, drop a question in there, and we will answer it later in the episode. If you're on Twitter, uh, send it to at Draft Countdown. Uh, and if you're not on, tw- if you're not going to be able to watch the show live, uh, we encourage you. We always tweet out the link uh, beforehand, and you can ask your question there, and we will answer it in that episode. You can go back and listen to it later. Or if uh, you're not a member of our Discord, we encourage you as always to join that, and you can find a link to that on DraftCountdown.com on the uh, search bar there at the top, and uh, the link is right there. So join that up. Uh, ask. Eight- any questions about anything, we'll answer it there in the Discord or we'll answer here on the podcast uh, when that comes up, Shane. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm hoping when we get into draft season, people join the Discord. They can ask questions. We can have those discussions. I think that's once the NFL season's wrapping up, I think people are going to be interested. It'll be hopping. Yeah, I think so, too. I fully expect that. Uh, but, Shane, let's uh, – Let's get in with what will become one of our weekly segments here, uh, the draft order update. And uh, I'm not sure how much how much movement we had this week. Uh, I think we had a lot of chalk this week. Uh, Houston uh, lost for the sixth time in a row. Uh, they are now firmly in control of the first pick of the draft. Uh, Chicago lost for the fifth time in a row. They are now in the second spot. Not what I would have had before the season, Shane, but for the fifth time in a row, the Los Angeles Rams have lost. And now the Detroit Lions possess the third pick in the draft from the Matt Stafford trade. Uh, Seattle with the fourth pick in the draft from the Russell Wilson trade from Denver. Uh, Carolina picking fifth. Uh, the Saints are would have picked sixth had they not dealt their pick. It now belongs to the uh, one-loss Philadelphia Eagles picking sixth in the draft. Arizona currently picking seventh. Green Bay, my Super Bowl uh, participant pick from before the season, uh, currently picking eighth. Not looking good for them to make that Super Bowl there, Shane. Uh, The Raiders are picking ninth. And the Houston Texans uh, will be picking tenth uh, in their pick acquired from the Cleveland Browns uh, in the Deshaun Watson trade. Deshaun Watson returns this week to play against the Texans. So we'll see if that pick gets uh, worse for the Texans as the season progresses. Yeah, so it's interesting because I feel like, and you can disagree, but I feel like we kind of have a top four in this draft where we have the two quarterbacks and C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. We have the two SEC defenders, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. And it kind of lines up interestingly, like Houston at one, I would imagine would take a quarterback. They're starting Kyle freaking Allen right now uh, at quarterback. So like I imagine that would happen. Chicago, obviously Justin Fields is playing well. Like you're in prime position to get a generational pass rusher in Will, Will Allen or um, you know, defensive lineman to stop the run, which they really need in Jalen Carter. And then Detroit like lines up. If, if the Rams keep losing, I mean, they're 
Matthew Stafford might be shut down for the year. Aaron Donald might be shut down for the year. Like the Lions could end up with pick three and get a top quarterback in this draft, not with their own pick, but with the Rams pick would be absolutely wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Uh, Seattle, Seattle loving how Russ is cooking in Denver right now. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Shane, more Senior Bowl uh, invites have been accepted this week as of press time right now. So we're we're, we're calling it right now. Uh, this will be the last time we talk about it on this episode. 13 new additions uh, to the Senior Bowl roster uh, since the last time we went on the air. And that includes a pair of Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, one, not a big surprise, Josh Wiley, the tight end. I think we uh, all expected could be a top, uh, should be a top five uh, tight. It could be a top five tight end in this class. Uh, another one may have come as a surprise uh, a little bit, and that's wide receiver Trey Tucker, the uh, slot receiver, five nine, one seventy five, but uh, great run after the catch ability in the game I watched a couple of weeks ago, and I, I highlighted him in my article after that game. Uh, this wide receiver group the Senior Bowl's brought in has been a bit off the uh, what we thought would happen. Well, and something you talk about all the time, Brian, that you've picked up on, and I think this receiver group does reflect the Senior Bowl is special teams ability, right? I mean, Trey Tucker's one of the top returners, Darius Davis for TCU, one of the top return guys. The, this is what gets you drafted. Uh, I mean, we saw guys like Velas Jones and Tyquan Thornton I get drafted day two last year as guys that can play, you know, all over the field. And I think this is reflective of that. Again, it makes it tough to predict when we're trying to just, you know, pick out who's going to go to the senior bowl or who's top of our list. Special teams is a big part of that. Not necessarily the best guys, but who was going to make an NFL roster. Um and I took note of this from when I said that a few years ago, Jim Nagy was talking about one of the worst position groups they had drafted player-wise. And this was a the year they had, I think, the 10 first-round picks and had like 100-plus players drafted from the game. The worst, the worst position group they had that year was the wide receiver group. And it was a lot of guys went undrafted, and it's because they didn't play special teams. So that has their philosophy changed after that. And we have seen it the last couple seasons and we're seeing it this year as well. Uh, player I highlighted a couple weeks ago when I watched the uh, Georgia tech against North Carolina. And we talked about him as I was unaware of how good he was until I watched that game. And that's Keon white, the uh, edge rusher from Georgia tech. Well, apparently uh, he's, he's pretty good because he's coming to the senior bowl. Yeah, like I was really impressed with him and in, in the games that I watched too, and you were. So th that's one of the situations where your eyes just don't deceive you. Um, I don't think I even had him as my top Georgia Tech pass rusher coming into the season, but he certainly has been for a while now, and Senior Bowl is going to be a big opportunity. Uh, we've got a pair of Hawkeye secondary players. Uh, you were on both of these guys in your predictions, uh, Shane. Riley Moss, they just uh, they kept his jersey from last year. He had accepted <laughs> an invite last year, and uh, well, he's coming back again. The uh, uh, Hawkeye corner there, and Kayvon Merriweather, uh, the safety from Iowa. Talk to me a little bit about Merriweather. We we we've talked about Moss a lot before, but may, give me something about Merriweather that I don't know here. Uh, I mean, he's he's a playmaker. He three interceptions this season. He's been uh, all over that team in, in that secondary. Like, he is the kind of deep cover 
play the ball, make a play. Um, so in terms of stopping the pass, I think Kayvon Merriweather has been the big reason why Iowa's been able to do that this year. Not kind of surprising to me to uh, see him have that kind of – I didn't have him really on my radar coming into the year. So, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of those guys going to the Senior Bowl that weren't exactly on the radar coming into the year uh, ultimately. Um, another corner coming in. Uh, this guy's another one of those guys with length for days, and that's the 6'3", 200-pound corner from Kansas State, Julius Brents. Uh, just watched him this week. Uh, didn't get challenged a whole lot against Kansas. Had a couple or pass breakups in the game. But uh, I'll watch him again this week as well. We'll get to that in a little bit against TCU. But uh, do you like Julius Brents? Yeah, I, I think I think like a lot of big long corners, you know, he comes off kind of stiff, and sometimes that can, you know, work out with the system. So I'm interested to see. I think a Senior Bowl, those kind of players can can shine. Um, and he's another guy that's had a number of interceptions late this year. So we'll see how he does. The next two uh, prospects on the list are interior offensive linemen that I know you are excited about, Shane. Uh, the first is Nick Broker from uh, Mississippi there. You've been talking him up for some time. And I feel like I've been talking him up for three years, uh, four years now. Like his freshman year, he was playing well. He's my number two guard in this class, and, and I think a potential early day two pick. Uh, he's Man, he's the reason that run game is, is going as well as it is for Ole Miss. And the other is uh, Jarrett Patterson, the center from Notre Dame. I remember last year, Shane, we were wondering who was going to snap the ball at the Senior Bowl. They didn't have any really true centers. Uh, that's not the case this year uh, with a guy like Jarrett Patterson. Well, it's interesting because he moved to guard this year for Notre Dame. I think played even better. So I'm, I'm interested to see if he does play center at the Senior Bowl where they have him play. You'll have to get that report right out on Twitter when you see it. We will definitely do that. Uh I miss – we had 14 players, Shane. I um, did not label one. Oh, a couple of Sooners uh, come in this week, and one is Eric Gray, the running back, who is uh, – we were, were kind of we, – we were hype last year, fell off, we're back. We're back again this year. Eric, Eric Gray's had a heck of a season uh, for the Sooners this year. Yeah, I love them at Tennessee. Happy to see him do well. And, and I think he's not a day two running back, but he's one of those early day three running backs that can get playing time in the NFL. Uh, his teammate, offensive tackle, Wanya Morris, uh, what, wasn't he also at Tennessee? Yes, he was. He was. A big time uh, recruit there, yeah. Yeah, is, is coming in as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he definitely has that physicality and that size and length. He was a five-star recruit um, going into Tennessee that didn't work out there, but has done well at Oklahoma. Uh, Penn State safety Jair Brown, a guy we've talked about a lot coming to the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 a stud, gonna be one of the top safeties in this class, and maybe maybe challenged to be the top safety in this class. Um, these guys won't have to travel far, Shane. Uh, a couple of South Alabama guys that I think we both had an inkling would get the call. Uh, Jalen Wayne is a uh, local kid as well to high school football in Mobile. Uh, the six-year wide receiver uh, can get down the field. Uh, nice height, weight, speed guy. Uh, was Has been productive this year, filling in for Jalen Talbert, who was the productive receiver of South Alabama last year. And Daryl Luter Jr., one of the uh, 
mess around and find out when you throw at me type corners. Uh, only a 36% completion percentage against Luter uh, the last two seasons. I mean, Luter's been so good this year when you watch South Alabama, you, you notice. And that's tough sometimes for a corner on TV. So he's I think I think he's gonna have a really big senior bowl week. I'm not hundred percent sure how I missed a couple of these. I may have to scan this right quick to make sure I didn't miss anybody else. Uh probably my favorite announcement this week, obviously, and a guy you uh you were higher on than I was to start, and that's South Carolina defensive lineman Zach Pickens, a versatile guy up front. Yeah, another guy I love coming out of high school who just has been a stud when he's gotten on the field. And these past two seasons have been great for Zach Pickens. And he's he's played well recently for your uh, Gamecocks there. So, um, man, I, I can't wait for you to watch him in the pit at the senior bowl. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah, I don't know what happened here, Shane. I've missed uh, quite a few. Uh, so I'm I'm play I'm gonna have to play catch up and go back and, and run through some of these other guys that I've missed. Uh, so I'll go all the way back up. Ali Gay, edge rusher, uh, LSU. This is uh, despite the fact he's a six year player, uh, still some untapped potential there. Yeah, you know he, he's someone who I, I think never has played up to his potential, but has the athletic ability and size. So maybe this would be a good opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree there. Uh, Isaiah McGuire, uh, Missouri, not a guy I was high on. I was more high on uh, DJ Johnson coming into the year, the Jacksonville State transfer uh, coming off the edge from Missouri. But Isaiah McGuire, uh, the game I watched against South Carolina a few weeks ago, uh, a couple of sacks in that game really stood out. Yeah, a big, big edge player that can kick inside, good against the run. And like you said, it's flash pass rush potential I didn't expect this year. So that's an interesting invite. Uh. Braden Daniels, Utah, the uh, latest of the Utes to uh, to commit to the Senior Bowl. I, I really like Braden Daniels. He's held that offensive line together for Utah. Um, been good in the the run game. Um, you know, a little light in the pants, but I, I think he's an interesting player for his own scheme. And finally, another wide receiver, uh, Purdue Charlie Jones, transfer from Iowa, been very productive for the Boilermakers this year. Yeah. You know, we always have these receivers that kind of come out one-year wonders. That Purdue number one receiver, we went from Rondell Moore to David Bell to Charlie Jones. Just uh, he's he's killed it absolutely for them. Um, I wonder what his ceiling is in the draft because I think he could sneak into day two. If all goes well this offseason, Senior Bowl is a big opportunity. No doubt about it. Uh, 77 players uh, so far. Uh, committed to the Senior Bowl, Shane, and between our both of our uh, prediction columns, we have 45 of those 77, right? Uh, shade over 57%. I feel good about that. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's better yeah. than last year, and uh, I think we still got some guys yeah. that will get there too. Yeah. I, I feel like we're going to come in above where we uh, – I think we landed just a shade under 50% last year. I think we're going to come in – coming above that this year. I feel, I feel really good about uh, where we're at on that, Shane. Um, so we, we've uh, we had some a lot of movement, as expected, uh, in the college football <laughs> circles. And uh, there, there's some we'll, – we'll go through these, uh, I don't want to say quickly, but 
we've had some hires. We've had some interesting hires for sure. So let's just kind of just go through these really quickly. Uh, Nebraska hires uh, former Carolina Panthers head coach and probably more important to this case, former Baylor head coach, uh, Matt Rule. It's as good a hire as you can get. I think Matt Rule was successful. Baylor, not great against top, you know, top 25 teams, ranked teams. Nebraska just needs someone that can win the lowly games at this point, can get help with recruits. They know his name. Um, I think it's as good as you can hope for for Nebraska. We'll, we'll see how it works out. And the thing is, I think Nebraska will be patient. I think they'll give him some time too, which I think is important. Nebraska or Nebraska needed to reestablish that pipeline to Texas that they've kind of lost since they joined the Big Ten. I think Matt Rule will go a long way, has those ties with those Texas high school coaches. Um, Auburn hired Hugh Freeze. Not a shock uh, to me. I felt like this was the way it was going to be after Lane Kiffin. They went to Lane Kiffin first. Kiffin turned him down, obviously. And then so they turned to Hugh Freeze, who comes over from Liberty, uh, the former Ole Miss head coach who was fired for um, – Cause, <laughs> yeah, definite cause. Um, but if you win football games, a lot gets forgiven, Shane. So, and maybe you don't go threatening people on social media and stuff like that when you can when you don't have access to your social media accounts anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it's gonna crash and burn. Like it, it just is. I mean, at, at Liberty, yeah. Hugh Freeze won and 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 developed some talent, but it's not like they were world beaters. My favorite stories from this past weekend, they got beat by New Mexico State, and the fan, the Liberty fans at the game chanted, go to Auburn to Hugh Freeze. So that's not exactly a great ending uh, to the coaching career there at Liberty, and I, I can't imagine it going very well at Auburn. Um, I, I just, I just don't think we're get, they're gonna automatically start getting those wins that you need. I'm not a big fan of Liberty University at all. But uh, <laughs> did you realize this? The third straight coach Auburn has hired that was a former coach at Arkansas State. Uh, no, I didn't know that. That's Gus Malzahn, yeah. Hugh Freeze, and Brian Harson, all former coaches at Arkansas State. So when this fails. I guess uh, either uh, Blake Anderson and or Butch Jones will be the next head coach <laughs> at Auburn. That's a weird, weird stat. It is very weird. Uh, Arizona State has now has the youngest head coach uh, in FBS, Kenny Dillingham, the with the office coordinator at Oregon. Uh, I do believe also used to be the office coordinator at Memphis. If I'm correct in my thinking here. Um, now the head coach at Arizona State. Yeah, yeah, he was OC at Memphis and Auburn. Um, I think it's a great hire. I know he's only 32. Gonna be Arizona 30. native as well. Yeah, going to be 33. But, I mean, that Oregon offense should not be as good as it is. Like, right? I mean, I don't think any of us expected that, what he's done with them this year. That's what Arizona State needs. I, I think it's a tremendous um, hire, much better than the Hugh Freeze hire, I'll say. Um, Wisconsin. uh Raid Cincinnati brings in Luke Fickle. I think this is a great hire as well uh, for the Badgers. Uh, it was only a matter of time, right, for Fickle at, at, at Cincinnati. 
Yeah, he was going to wait for the right opening, and this is it. Like, same kind of philosophy, run the football, toughness. Uh, you know, I feel a little bad for Jim Leonard. I, I think he could have done well there. But Luke Fickle, I think, is a slam dunk. He has a track record, can recruit, has success, uh, is a, a good person. So I, I, think, I think it's a great hire for Wisconsin. Um, do, you, do you like Which one do you like more? Do you like that or the uh, Matt Rule hire for Nebraska? I want to say Matt Rule just based off of talent development, so to speak, uh, and what he was able to do at Baylor with that situation and basically turn it around almost instantly. Uh, I think he's going to need that at Nebraska. I don't think either place is easy to recruit to. Right. Um, Wisconsin has a more recent name, if you will, or is more established recently with the kids. I guess, yeah, than what, than I, what Nebraska is. I think I'd rather live in Madison and, and go to college in Madison myself too. But, um, but you know, I, I, you're right. I mean, neither neither place is attractive. So it's, it's is there is there is there a chance that we're swapping head coaches here? That Jim Leonard could end up at Cincinnati. Oh, I, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a good hire. Um, quickly, Brent Key loses the interim tag, stays as head coach at Georgia Tech. I mean, I, I think they played hard for him. I thought he did a good job. If you're Georgia Tech, I mean, what you're not going to get someone great. And, you know, we, we saw kind of a, a fumbling of that higher as it is. I, I think it's a decent move to keep him. Uh, and the fumbling you were speaking of was Willie Fritz uh, from Tulane, which I think had a positive effect on Southern Miss byproduct because I feel like Will Hall – would have been a candidate to go to Tulane. So, uh, yeah. Now let's just talk about the, the the most, probably most interesting of all these hires. Lipscomb Academy and Tennessee head coach Trent Dilfer is now the head coach at UAB. Did not see this one coming, Shane. Look, we got, we got Jeff Saturday, uh, coach of the Colts from high school, and now we got – uh, Trent Dilfer coaching an, an FBS team coming from high school. If you played in the NFL and you're coaching high school ball, then you can have a big time job. It's just a weird, weird hire to me. I mean, if you're Trent Dilfer, yeah, like go for it. See how it goes. You got name recognition. You got a Super Bowl ring that your defense won for you, you know? So maybe that'll help with recruiting to UAB, but you're, I mean, you're in Alabama. I don't know if this is going to, I just can't imagine it works to make that kind of jump. The only thing I can get my head here is is he used to run the Elite 11 camp. So maybe he has – I don't know. We'll see. Um, still some openings out there. Um, Colorado job still open, but the main name we're hearing there is Deion Sanders. He has told – people that his decision will be made by Sunday. He's considering three, I guess, considering four schools. If you count Jackson state is staying, uh, but Colorado, uh, us, uh, South Florida and Cincinnati, uh, didn't know he was a candidate at that job, but he said he was. So <laughs> I guess they've asked, um, if you're Deion Sanders, you're making the jump 
and what we assume will be a mass exodus from Jackson, Mississippi, uh, of, of players in the transfer portal, uh, what, which of those three jobs most interests you? So if I was Deion Sanders, I would take the Cincinnati job. I think you get a, a well-established team with some recent success, a good player base. You add a new going quarterback. Right, you're going to the Big 12. You add a new quarterback that's can definitely make the jump in his son. You add, you know, a five-star corner, a four-star receiver. Automatically, Cincinnati's looking pretty good in the Big 12 coming up. I think he's going to take the USF job. I think Deion Sanders likes to be the big fish in the pond. And, you know, he the, the AAC is going to be pretty bad after all these teams move to the Big 12 and whatnot. Um, I think he can recruit much better than any team in that conference and build a better team at USF, even with their lowly budget than most teams and, and win that conference. I don't think he can win the big 12 consistently at Cincinnati and, and Colorado. Just a dumpster fire. I feel, <laughs> I feel like to take that job. Um, I'm trying to look this up. Uh, Colorado is a Nike school. Am I correct? I believe so. So the other two schools that he's considering are Under Armour schools, Cincinnati and USF. And Dion is a big spokesperson for the Under Armour peril. Make of that what you will. Oh, that's another interesting connection. There, yeah. uh, Tulsa is open. Philip Montgomery's out. Uh, main candidate here we're focusing on is GJ Kinney. Uh, the current head coach at Incarnate Word, where they are just smashing passing records there. And he's a former Tulsa quarterback. Uh, makes a whole lot of sense. My my college fantasy football uh, leagues need need DJ Kenny in, in the FBS. <laughs> Please, give, give me that passing game in there. I'll be happy. Uh, quickly run through uh, three of these who are now open. There's a uh, group of five schools. Tim Lester out at Western Michigan. Uh, Jake Spavital out at Texas State. Uh, interesting there that he basically just chicaned uh, recruiting high school players and tried to go all transfer portal. Uh, it didn't work out. Yeah. In a state that is known for high school football. Sound strategy. Right. Um, and UNLV, which I thought they were making progress under Marcus Arroyo, uh, and they've got a hell of a lot of money. Their facilities are great or getting better. And – in a one of the fastest growing markets uh, in the country in Las Vegas, uh, so I think that school could be appealing as well for somebody uh, to replace UNLV there. Yeah, no, that's pretty good too. And finally, Stanford, uh, yeah. David Shaw uh, steps down as a head coach. They, they were never going to fire him. I think he did it. He basically did this as, you know. He did 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 him right, I guess. Like he's a darn good coach. Uh, I, I would take him in a second. I think Stanford's going to be tough to compete with NIL and the academics, and you know I think it's tough now. I think he's done a good job there. And the rumors out there that uh, Ravens' offensive coordinator Greg Roman might be a candidate for that job um, was on Jim Harbaugh's staff at Stanford. I saw that on Twitter today, and a lot of Ravens fans are hoping that's the case. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, because it can get worse. You know, that's it can what I always, always say. get worse. 
All right, Shane, let's look back at week 13, and I'm just going to go ahead and get all of mine out of the way so we can get this because it's all coming from one game. Uh, <laughs> so on offense, we're going to talk about a guy I know you liked from James Madison last year, Juice Wells, uh, wide receiver for South Carolina. He's really basically become Spencer Rattler's go-to guy. Uh, big game last week against Tennessee, against Clemson. 72-yard touchdown reception, catches nine balls, 131 yards, two touchdowns in this one, including and the the last basically offensive play for South Carolina. He catches a little bubble screen and breaks three or four tackles, picks up the first down, seals the game and the win for South Carolina. Uh, Juice Wells, just a great game uh, against Clemson. Yeah, like I, you know, I love Antoine Wells. I've been in – in the bandwagon, he helped me win the CFF championship next week. I'll have the belt up here behind me um, because, I mean, he's just stud like all season. And I was surprised they didn't even use him more in that against Clemson's defense. They couldn't stop him. And that to me, that's insane. I'm interested to see what his next step is. Uh, defensively for me, uh, we've talked about Cam Smith. We've been talking about Darius Rush these last few weeks, South Carolina corners this week. Uh, guy wasn't on our watch list. He is now. Uh, Fourth-year corner Marcellus Dial. Uh, they picked on him a lot, or tried to, as much as nine completions from DJ Uyangale had <laughs> in that game. Uh, but Dial, uh, two tackles, broke up three passes and an interception against Clemson. Uh, he, he's played well at times this season. He's caught my eye a few times, but not enough until this week, and then he really kind of stepped it up this week. Yeah, I don't think he's a great pure man cover corner, right? That, you know, that's what you're asking for, but um, this is a big game to step up and, and get that rivalry victory. So w- worth it for you as a Gamecock fan to got to be happy. I, I think he I think he could be – I don't think he's a starting corner in the NFL, but I think he's a special teams guy and contributes as that fourth corner for a team. You know, in a zone scheme, perhaps he can succeed. But uh, I, I would be remiss, Shane, if I also did not mention uh, punter Kai Kroger. Uh, <laughs> um, snub from the Ray Guy finalists this week. Uh, he's been awesome this season uh, for South Carolina, but saved the best. Seven punts in this game, Shane. Averaged 53.7 yards a kick. Five inside the 20 this week of his seven. Two of them inside the three. Can't do it any better than that. Look, Brian giving us kicker punter talk is always the highlight. That's, that's what we're here for. Shane, who was your offensive guy this week? I've talked about the Gamecocks enough now. Yeah, look, look, I'll, I'll give both of mine too because uh, another kind of homer game, but uh, for me as an Ohio State alum was a heartbreaking weekend. But um, it's rare, I think, as, as a draft analyst to watch a matchup and come away impressed by both players, right? A corner receiver, offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Uh, but that happened in the Michigan-Ohio State game. Ryan Hayes, the left tackle for Michigan, going to the Senior Bowl, um, super impressive at left tackle, you know, especially in the run game late in the game. He's getting a push. And then pass protection, he was going up against Zach Harrison, the edge for Ohio State, who has had a, a great season and really risen his stock. You know, Harrison got penetration at times, batted down balls, was getting pressures, and then Ryan Hayes would come back with a good drive and get him off the line, have a gap happen. Um, you know, use that Hayes would use his, his hands 
to keep Harrison's athleticism at bay. I just can't wait impressed by both players. I think both are top 100 picks. I think both are going to be NFL players, and that's rare to have. So when it happens, I got to highlight both of them because uh, it was really fun to watch. And, and come out, a number of times I was just watching them when Michigan was on offense. Generally speaking, somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. But in this case, you know, you come away impressed with both guys. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was it was a really good matchup. Worth going back and checking out if you didn't see it. Let's uh, let's move on to this week, Shane. Twelve games for us this week, championship week, uh, if you will. Yes, and uh, it's going to start Friday night, seven o'clock on CBS Sports Network. I'll be watching North Texas uh, against UTSA. This will be at UTSA. Uh, Shane, you've got a quarterback here from North Texas who's an eleven-year player. He's starting Austin Ohm. He's a good player. How but does that happen? He, uh, I think he got drafted into, into major league baseball and was there for a while and then went back and had eligibility. So he's been out of high school 11 years. He's on that his... Chris Winkie plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, I, I don't know if he makes it the NFL at that age, but he's, he's had a really good year. Um, I, I guess it helps when you're playing against 18 year olds and you know, you're almost 30. UTSA uh, has a triumvirate of wide receiver prospects to watch in this game. Uh, DeCorian Clark, uh, Zachary Franklin, probably the best of the bunch, and uh, J- Joshua Cephas, uh, pretty good too. So, good, good, good uh, skill players there for the Roadrunners. Yeah, I, I like Cephas. He's impressed me this year. Uh, Shane, Friday night, you'll be watching on Fox at 7 p.m. Southern Cal against Utah. Southern Cal win, and they are in the playoff. Lose, and your Buckeyes probably going to the playoff. Uh, Shane, going to put the 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 Utah Utes fan hat on uh, Friday night. Uh, a lot of good players to watch in this game. We've we've both talked we've talked ad nauseum here about the the prospects in this game. But what's a matchup that uh, you you think is going to turn the tide of this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Utah offensive line against USC defensive line, we talked about Braden Daniels um, earlier from Utah, but he's going uh, up against the defensive line for Southern Cal. We talked about a, a lot in uh, to Puloto, and who's having a great season, came back with a good game last week. Uh, I think that's going to be the difference. Can Utah run the football? And then uh, Dalton Kincaid has been – We've talked. I've talked about him a bunch, but he's been a marvel. If he can do what he did against USC last time, Utah could win again. This is, you know, they won against USC before. And, uh, you know, also watching the top quarterback prospect in 2024 and Caleb Williams for USC is, is always, he's phenomenal and a joy to watch. Uh, Saturday, 11 a.m. on ABC. I mentioned it earlier. I'll be watching Kansas State and TCU. The big matchup here is you've got the big wide receiver from TCU. Quentin Johnston, uh, how much does he get matched up with the big cornerback, Julius Brents? That's That should be uh, a fun one to watch. Uh, and how do they cover the uh, the uh, fast Darius Davis from TCU as well? Max Duggan getting uh, some buzz there. Won the uh, Davey O'Brien Award today. Did I hear that right? For best senior quarterback. Um, he's been great. Uh, this season for for the Horn Frogs, uh, I don't know what how he tra- if he translates to the NFL, but he's been a great as a college quarterback. And we've talked about this before, but Deuce Vaughn, man, that guy is fun, fun, fun to watch. He was great against Kansas last week. 
Well, I think it's going to be a running back game because you have Deuce Vaughn, like you said, a super impressive, small but powerful. And TCU's Kendra Miller is a player that you got to have on the radar for this draft because he's a 4-4 speed player, is carrying that running game. Um, can Kansas State stop the run might be a bigger question. I think you're going to maybe see a track meet of guys running down the field in this one. Uh, 11 a.m. on ESPN, I'll be watching the MAC championship game between Ohio and Toledo. No Curtis Rourke uh, for the Bobcats. That sucks. Uh, maybe we'll get – I'm assuming we'll get Daquan Finn. Maybe. He, he played last week and played so bad they had to bench him. He still wasn't healthy. So we'll see. Maybe. So this game, uh, two teams that <laughs> play for a championship that don't have their start quarterbacks. Perhaps. Uh, noon on ESPN Plus, we think. Uh, a D2 quarterfinal matchup, Shane. Indiana, University of Pennsylvania. IUP. Shepard. Uh, and this is all about, I mostly all about, I would say, quarterback Tyson Badgett from Shepard, who is going to the Senior Bowl. Uh, but they also have an offensive tackle, Joey Fisher, who is on our watch list. Yeah, and uh, Jerry Fisher, very draftable, uh, potentially an early day three pick. And, and Badgen has been phenomenal as a D2 player. This is the semifinal um, for the D2 playoff. I'm quarterfinal. quarterfinal. And I'm uh, I'm about 45 minutes from IUP, so from Indiana, Pennsylvania. So I should get the game. If not, I think it's on ESPN+. Plus. But I, I just want to get a chance to watch these Shepard guys because they could both go pretty high. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, I've been watching Sunbelt all year, Shane. So we got to close it out with the Sunbelt Championship game. Coastal Carolina playing at Troy. Uh, game time decision for Grayson McCall is what I'm hearing. Could play this week. Uh, they are not guaranteeing it. My guess is he does not. Um, but they've got other players to watch, uh, as well as Troy, Jake Andrews, the center. Uh, you're a big fan. I'm a big fan. Their third-year wide receiver, Tez Johnson. I'm not expecting him in this draft class, but he's a uh, he's a, definitely a deep ball threat. And, of course, they have a couple of linebackers to watch. Carlton Marshall, the FBS record holder for tackles in a career. And Richard Gibbonor, uh can also play. Yeah, yeah. Troy has, more. I think, more players for you know, kind of for this draft, maybe even than Coastal Carolina does. Though I do like – Lance Boyk in their corner, and uh, Jared Clark, their big nose tackle. Uh, 2.30 p.m., I'm delving into ESPN Plus, Shane, yeah. for some FCS playoff action. Uh, Montana at North Dakota State. I had to watch him, right? I mean, Cody yes. Mouse, the offensive tackle, haven't watched him yet, so he's not officially in my rankings, despite uh, the Senior Bowl invitation uh same with hunter Lupke, the uh running back fullback tight end wide receiver offensive tackle <laughs> do it all Everything. player for the bison uh as well as words that they have a couple other props uh spencer weige i believe just uh their edge rusher going to the hula bowl i believe i saw that today and uh, Justin Ford, the corner from Montana, you've uh, talked him up a little bit. So I want to see, you know, maybe he'll get some action in this game as well. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. So uh, definitely a number of drafted players in this draft from this game. So I'll be interested to see what you think. Uh, maybe more players drafted from this game than in the next game. Uh, the yeah. Mountain West, Mount, 
Mountain West Conference Championship game. Boise State and Fresno down year probably for Boise. Uh, although we have several players, I don't know how many of them are, you know, high draftable players. This game, 3 p.m. on Fox. They're playing Fresno State. Uh, Jake Hayner gets the uh, – he's been playing well since coming back from injury, I believe. Uh, Jalen Cropper, their wide receiver as well, uh, has, has played well this season. Um, so what are you looking forward to? Uh, JL Skinner, obviously, the, 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 the yeah. probably the highest-rated prospect in this game, the safety from Boise State. Yeah, I really want to see what Skinner does against this passing game for Fresno because they have such a good passing game. Is 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 he going to be impressive defending the pass? How do they play him? Um, I, I think that's going to be important. And you know, I, I think as an undrafted free agent, Jordan Mims, the running back from Fresno, has been super productive. He's healthy now and playing really well. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, there will be no shortage of drafted players uh, from this next game, Shane. 3 p.m. on CBS is the SEC championship game. Uh, Georgia and LSU from uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there, there's a ton. I, I'm interested to see the Georgia offensive tackles, Broderick Jones, potential first-round pick. Um, and Warren McClendon going up against the edge rushers. We talked about Ali Gay from LSU before, but B.J. Ojolari, uh, another excellent pass rusher, potential top 50 pick. You know, we could kind of see that happen. And then, you know, is Keyshawn Boutte going to do well against Keely Ringo? That's going to be a really imp- uh, interesting matchup. So ton of matchups in this game that I think will be a lot of fun. Uh, 3 p.m. on ESPN2, Shane. You'll be watching the SWAC championship game between Jackson State and Southern. Is this the last game uh, in the SWAC for Coach Deion Sanders? Coach Prime, uh, we talked about that earlier. Um, You watched Southern last week against uh, Grambling. You'll watch him again this week. But uh, I think the main focus here probably the Jackson State players. Yeah, I mean, we have Aubrey Miller, the linebacker I wrote about uh, in an earlier column going to the Senior Bowl. Um, so, you know, he's really interesting. I want to get another look because he got thrown out of the game I watched before. So maybe I can get a full game from him. Would be nice. Always nice when you get that full game. <laughs> uh, 7 p.m. on ABC, Shane. You'll be watching the uh, Palmetto Bowl losers Clemson against North Carolina. Um, they've got to pull DJ Uyangale. He's bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Kate Klubnick, the true freshman, is is good. I mean, when he's come in for stints, he hasn't played well, but you give him a game. But, the, you know, this is the ACC title game. They made it. I, I, so we'll see what happens. You know, can Clemson on defense stop this North Carolina offense too? Drake may maybe this number two quarterback in the 2024 class for North Carolina. Josh Downs, their receiver, um, had, had, had was on my stock down list this week. You know, had a rough game uh, against NC State. North Carolina did in general, but I, I think Clemson's secondary is a little more susceptible. That's going to be an interesting matchup. And yeah, I think DJU, Clemson's already having receivers transfer. Like this offense has got to get better uh, quickly. I am really surprised North Carolina lost their last two games against Georgia Tech and NC State. They had their offense is way too good to have lost those two games. Um, 7 p.m. on Fox, I'll be watching the Big Ten championship game between Michigan and Purdue. Uh, you mentioned I – don't, I don't think this game's going to be, ter- be particularly close, and we'll get to that in a minute. 
Uh, so I, I, this is my, be my first watching where I'll probably be focusing on Ryan Hayes, uh, the Michigan offensive tackle, since he uh, accepted the senior bowl invite a couple weeks ago and you said he had such a good game last week. Um, Aiden O'Connell going to the Shrine, Shrine game, quarter, Shrine Bowl quarterback. Uh, get another look at him, uh, see how he does against his Michigan defense. Yeah, because I, I, I think it's, it's a good defense. You have Mike Morris and Mozzie Smith on the defensive line. Um, Michigan started using some of those receivers last week. Ronnie Bell had a decent game. Um, he's going to the Senior Bowl, the wide receiver for Michigan. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, ultimately, in Purdue, yeah, we talked Charlie Jones. I don't think there's an, any other prospect here that's, you know, uh, great. Uh, maybe Payne Durham, their tight end, can get a look in the NFL. Um, but you know, Purdue's been productive on offense. Yep. Uh, all right. So with that, we now move on to our favorite segment of the week, the lock of the week, Shane. And uh, we both we both got them wins. I even got the bonus win last week um, with South Carolina not only covering the 14 and a half, but I said they would also win outright. And they you nailed did. It. You nailed so, it. last week we'll be doing this, Shane. So this is it. Shutting her down after this week, Shane. I'm at eight five and one. I'm going to finish over five hundred for the year. You will. No matter what. Can you finish over five hundred, Shane? So I'll let you go first. Who is the lock of the week? So I, I'm I'm taking North Carolina plus seven and a half against Clemson. In the ACC championship game, both have played really poorly as of late. We talked about it in the segment, but I do think that the North Carolina offense matches up well with the Clemson defense. What we saw from South Carolina last week, right? Use your playmakers well. That's what North Carolina can do. I think Clemson's going to struggle. Quick passes from Drake May and a quarterback that can move. And DJU is going to try it out there, and that's just not good for anyone. I think North Carolina – uh, keeps it within a touchdown for sure. I like it. I like it a lot. Anytime you pick against Clemson, I, I'm all about it. <laughs> True. Shane, I'm going to stick with the Big Ten, and I'm going to go with Michigan. I think they are just gonna, they are going to want to come out and make a statement on prime time Saturday night, heading into the playoff. Whether they win or lose this game or not, they're going to make the playoff. But I think they they want to. I think they want to be the number one team in the playoff. And if they come out and blow out them, and Georgia maybe wins a squeaker against LSU, maybe Michigan moves up to number one in that final playoff ranking. I don't know, but I, I Michigan laying sixteen and a half against Purdue. I think this game's. I think they win by thirty plus. Wow! Give me Michigan here against the Boilermakers, laying sixteen and a half. Look, we're, we're just swapping. I took Michigan last week. You're taking them this week. You bet against Clemson last week. I'm betting against Clemson this week, right? Um, man, if, if Georgia or Michigan lose, I feel like the playoff picture is just like set it on fire. It's just like this this view absolutely wild. Southern Cal may end up as the number one seed. In the <laughs> you know, good happen. Good happen. Big win against Utah. Oh, um, gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm here for just chaos. Ultimately, I think is the most fun. I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of chaos. Like I said, yeah. I think we've we've basically got one of five teams is going to be four four out of the top five are going to be in the playoffs. 
at this point. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, if a couple teams lose, it, it gets interesting. But uh, I, I was I was anxious to see where Alabama came in those rankings. I was like, those jokers are going to backdoor their way. Into gonna... this. But it does not look like that's going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm just excited for the playoff to expand. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know it makes some of these games maybe mean a little bit less, um, but it's still for a conference. And ultimately – some of the matchups would be super cool to watch, so I can't wait. But does it make these games mean less? Because, I mean, let's look at that NC State-North Carolina game. Just use that as for, for an example. North Carolina's fighting to get in that 12, right? That, that's fair. You know, yeah. So that makes that game mean more. You know, Clemson could have fell out. They sh- And you could make the argument maybe they should have <laughs> fell out of the top 12 after losing to South Carolina this past week, you know, but. So it kind of shifts the importance there, right? It's not I the top so. four, but to, yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know and, it, and it keeps more to, it, to me, it keeps more fan bases engaged for longer. It's like with, ba- I mean, baseball is an example, you know, expanded their play. And also now more teams, fan bases are in it for a longer period of time. And, you know, you don't, not many sports outrate the NFL, Shane. And, uh, you know, those NFL playoff games with, what, what is it, 14 teams make the playoffs now? Yeah. Th- those those games, do th- those regular season games still do pretty well, don't they? Yeah, that, that is, that's definitely fair. Um, no, I'm, I'm here for it. I am. I, I can't wait because I think the playoff games are some of the, even when they're clunkers, like they're some of the best, right? I mean, that's, I get hyped up for that. So it's going to be fun. Anybody who says they don't want to watch more football, it's just, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, really. All right, Shane, let's answer some questions. Uh, we've got one question in the comments. We've got a couple of quotes, one question on the Discord, and a few questions on Twitter. We'll go to the comment first. And our, our good buddy Brad, uh, contributor at Draft Countdown, wants to know where Eric Gray is at in, excuse me, in our overall running back rankings. Um, I have him at running back 16 right now, and I think there's probably a couple guys in front of him on my rankings that might go back to school. So I imagine he gets in the top 15 running backs ultimately. Like I said, I, I think he's probably a day three pick. Could be an early day three pick. It's a strong running back class. I think we get close to double digits, if not double digits, in, in the top 100. So um, I like him, but it's a, just a really deep class. Yeah, I, I've got him at running back 11 right now. And I also have, like you said, a few guys ahead of him, I think could go back to school. So anxious. I'm actually anxious to see how that falls out uh, when it's all said and done. Um, and you could see some movement of guys lower than him right now that may move up uh, when it's all said and done. Um, in the Discord, we had a question. Well, actually, we'll get to that one last. Let's go to Twitter now. and. Uh, Hey, our good buddy Denny, uh, who runs mock draft NFL mock draft database. Uh, now that Joey Porter has declared, how do you how high do you see him going, and who do you think is the best fit for Joey Porter Jr.? Look, I, I think the ceiling's high for him in terms of the draft. Like, if we get to draft day and tell me, oh, he's a top 
seven pick, I wouldn't be overly surprised. Like, I think it could happen if the offseason goes really well, workouts go well, right? Everything kind of lines up. You know, teams love the bloodlines. That's going to be in there. Uh, I, I think I think he does work well in kind of a, a, a more physical press scheme. That's what he's good at. Um, so, you know, I think we could see uh, a team like Seattle or uh, the LA Chargers, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Not to just put that out there, but as, as every like Steelers beat writer wants, wants to mock Joey Porter Jr. to them, but I think it would be a good fit. Um, I think ultimately he's going to end up in the top 15 of the draft, maybe the bottom end of that. And, uh, you know, teams need corners pretty badly right now. So he could get bumped up there. Um, at RPG 39 ask, which edge guys had the most potential as a four or five tech defensive end? Yeah. So, you know, I kind of the, the four tech is playing over the offensive tackle kind of directly on which a lot of NFL teams are running now. Um, so I, I think when you're looking at that, you want a guy with their hand in the dirt. I like Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. I think he would be the best kind of four tech or into that five technique, move him just off the, the brush of the shoulder a little bit. Um, that's what he plays at Notre Dame and has done a, a really good job this season. Once again, stock up for me this week. Um, and I also like um, Felix Anaduke Uzoma from Kansas State as a player that fits that mold too. There you go. Uh, at Lord Luckin has a couple of questions here and we'll – Focus on the second one here in just a minute. But uh, has Jalen Carter's recent impressive performances pushed him above Will Anderson as the top defensive prospect? For me, no, because I just think I, I will always lean to the flashier edge edge guy over the big interior defensive lineman. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <clears throat> I think it's gotten closer. Like I think Jalen Carter has put himself in the hot – upper echelon tier of the draft with Will Anderson. But yeah, give me, give me the guy that's going to rush the quarterback more. I mean, you know, Jalen Carter does that from the interior. That's important, but is easier said than done, I think to uh, take him. So in, in many years, he'd be the best defensive prospect in this draft. It's Will Anderson's here. Uh, side note question here. He also asked, were you surprised that Olu Fashanu went back to school? And do you think that Georgia's Broderick Jones may do the same? Yeah, Penn State left tackle. And, and Brian, you've been talking him up on the show. Number one, it was number one offensive tackle on my board. Yeah, um, and was 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 up there. It was in my top five. It was getting in there for Penn State. I mean, he has played so well going back to school. I was surprised, I think, when you have that opportunity. We'll see how this plays out because maybe with the NIL – Maybe there are some players, three-year players, say, hey, I'll go back to school. I can make a million dollars and play and get my degree and then go to the NFL. It could happen. Uh, maybe for Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia, maybe it does. He's a three-year player. Uh, but I, you know, I, and I don't know, know if this plays a lot into players' decisions. I really don't think it does as much as we think. But having a guy like Fashano go back to school does open up an offensive tackle position, I think, in the first round where teams really need it. And Broderick Jones is a key candidate for that to, to sneak in there. Um, that also, uh, we haven't talked about it, but uh, Oklahoma third-year offensive tackle Anton Harrison 
uh, did declare for the draft today. So he could be another name that could be a riser in this process. I know you love him uh, as a player. Uh, so he's a name that could fit that bill as well. I don't dislike – I mean, it makes it harder for us on the who's staying, who's going type of side of things. But I don't hate these players going back. And like you said, get the money, get your degree as well. I, I don't see it as a bad situation. No, and, and honestly, it gives us a leg up next year. Like I, I can – I put Fashana right – offensive tackle two, basically one B – in 2024 class, you know, easy, right? And and we already have a good evaluation on it. Right. So you feel feel really good about it. All right, last question from the Discord. Uh, somebody named Brian Bosarts asked a fantasy question, <laughs> Shane. Uh, who, who are you starting at flex this week? Uh, Brandon Ayuk against Miami, Devontae Smith against Tennessee, Gabe Davis against New England, Christian Watson against Chicago, or Brian Robinson against the Giants? Uh, I think it's a two-horse race for this question. The, the safe answer, and maybe the right answer, is Brandon Ayuk against Miami. He's had such a good year, and Jimmy Garoppolo is doing better. But I'm starting Christian Watson against Chicago. Aaron Rodgers eats up the Bears. The Bears pretty pretty hapless right now, and Watson has scored in every game that he's played since coming back from injury. I just think the upside is too good. I'm playing Christian Watson. So I will play Christian Watson this week. I uh, have moved into the playoffs. I've, I've grinded my way back up through roster acquisition here, and I am in the playoffs as of today. Need to keep winning, though. So Christian Watson will start at flex uh, for me this week, Shane. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for our uh, questions here tonight. Uh, final thoughts, Shane, as we head into championship week, and uh, we're almost fully into draft season. Yeah, I mean it, it's time. So make sure if you're if you're listening, I, I know you check out the site and and hit us up with that. But but keep keep checking it out. We we'll keep having the mock drafts and um, cranking out the content, man. It's it's fun. I'm excited. We get into the podcast into draft season. You you're being down at the Senior Bowl. It's going to be a fun couple months coming up. My goal in the next few weeks, like I said, once I'm not actively watching six to seven games a week, is to put more time into the YouTube channel. I want to take our podcast here and cut up. Uh, I've done a little bit a couple of times now. I want to cut up into smaller videos, uh, uh, maybe more easy for people to digest. Uh, at the Senior Bowl, I think I want to do some of the the shorts, the YouTube short videos, like a couple of one minutes about player here, player there, stuff like that. It's just stuff I, I want to expand the YouTube channel a little bit, which is all the reason for anybody to like these videos. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, sh share out everything. Uh, if you listen to the audio version of the podcast, you know, be it Apple, Spotify, or Podbean, or whatever, just uh, review them. Give us a five-star review and, you know, share that out as well, Shane. Uh, and always, you know, follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Go to draftcountdown.com for your daily uh, NFL draft content for Shane and myself. Until next time, everybody, good night.